0: this fight today, boys. We'll win this fight today. Shouting the battle cry of union. We will rally from the coal mines. We'll battle to the end. Shouting the battle
1: cry of union. At Ludlow, the workers were killed by bullets and kerosene. Here they died from poverty. The names are illuminated at night. People are claiming the memorial. They're leaving items, artifacts, relics, coins, stones, gifts for gifts for the dead, telling them that we see them.
2: The average age of the people in the pine boxes was 23 years old. Half of them were children under 12. 70% were from Ireland. On today's show, we travel to the Evergreen Cemetery in Leadville, Colorado, where on September 16th, a new memorial was unveiled commemorating the 1,100 unmarked graves of Irish workers and their families who fled the famine in their homeland to toil deep in the Colorado copper mines and died penniless in the promised land. And on Labor History, in Two...
3: The year was 1947. That was the day that the front page of the Chicago Tribune printed a banner headline Newspaper Printers Quit.
2: I'm Chris Garlock, and this is Labor History Today.
0: We are fighting for our rights, boys. We're fighting for our homes, shouting the battle cry of union, and have died to.
4: Jay Dunn, eight months old. Thomas Dunn. Cornelius Dunn, 38 years old.
2: Hugh Dunnigan, 24 years old.
4: Millie Dutai, four months old.
1: You can tell them in the country, tell them in the town. The miners down in Mingle they their shovels down. We won't pull another pillow another ton or lift another finger till the union we have won stand up boys let the bosses know turn your buckets over turn your lanterns low there's fire in her hearts and
4: fire in her soul but there ain't gonna be no fire in the hole <music> This is the Labor Exchange on KGNU, Boulder, Denver, and Fort Collins. I'm your host, Robert Lindgren, with the Colorado AFL-CIO and Denver Newspaper Guild. On this week's episode, we visit the Leadville Irish Miners Memorial. The Leadville Irish Miners Memorial recognizes the 1,100 immigrants buried in unmarked, sunken graves in the Catholic Pauper section of the Evergreen Cemetery, most of whom were Irish, and many of whom were union members. Jim Walsh, who we'll hear from, worked with the Irish Network of Colorado and many, many others to bring the memorial uh, forward. Let's now hear from Jim about his journey to get this memorial uh, created.
1: There's one name that I would just want to make sure is mentioned today, who would have so loved to be here. Maybe we can offer him a round of applause wherever he is, Mr. Dennis Gallagher. We built a bridge, a bridge to a higher consciousness, a spiral bridge to a place of compassion, a spiral bridge to human connection. Walk that bridge with me. It's a walk of sorrow, it's a walk of joy. It's a walk of hunger. It's a walk of neglect. It's a walk of grace. It's a walk of chains, a walk of flowers. Let's walk this spiral walkway of life walk of children, the walk of potatoes, a walk of coffin ships, a walk of neighbors. sure Hayden was with me here because this kid has grown up here. Been here hundreds of times.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so this is my I wore my dad's tie. My father hated wearing ties. And, and when you got home, the first thing he would do is tear off that tie. Actually before he got home it was always I'm going. People ask me often, "Why did you do this? Why did you dive into studying the poor?" I think. I think seeing him raise, feed a family of nine on 100% commission is what did it. And so my contribution today is a love letter to my father. Mm. Dear dad, I wish you could be here with us today to witness this. 500 people in a pine forest at 10,000 feet, Mm Hundreds have gathered from all over the world. We're seated a couple of hundred feet away from the sunken graves of thousands of desperately poor people and their babies. Immigrants from all all over the world, many of whom were starved out of Ireland. I promise I'll make it through this. (laughs) Dad, you taught me to love the humble. Those who, as you put it, don't have a pot to piss in. You called them the salt of the earth. Told your seven children that real wisdom only comes through suffering. You always had your kids deliver the rent check to the landlord next door, ashamed that it was a week late or two weeks late, and not wanting to see judgment on their faces. We just love going to their big house. (laughs) Happy to bring a check because they gave us popsicles. And we were able to see sofas that were never used and shiny coffee tables. Yeah, we did it. A lot of people helped. Good people, you will love them. Today, we celebrate the completion of a memorial that was just an idea when you died. You won't believe how this has grown and taken off. <clears throat> and now the research is on display at the Healy House. And it'll eventually be in Denver and Ireland And last night I got to give the ambassador of Ireland a tour of the research. She said we can restore dignity to people buried. I felt joy as we we read Michael Mooney's speech during the 1880 strike together and focused on the line. They can pull the reins, but we can pull tighter. You would have loved her, Dad. She recognizes dignity in working people. It seems like the whole world is watching us this weekend. You encouraged me, Dad, beginning in 1999 when I had to choose a dissertation topic. We were digging up our own genealogy at that time, learning that 13 of our ancestors were exiled to North America during the Great Hunger landing in western Pennsylvania. Three were killed in train accidents, one in a fire. They dug canals, they cleaned the homes of the wealthy, they scratched, they clawed, they self-medicated. And over the phone one night, you said, Jesus, Jimmy, I'll be that. Irish made it all the way out here after the famine. Maybe you should find them in Colorado. And thus it began, last century. My dream is that people understand why we choose to honor the paupers. This is a memorial that turns the world upside down for just an instant. Bottom or on top. that we might see with new eyes the struggles of paupers today. My dream is that people understand why we chose to include not just the Irish name, but there's hundreds of non-Irish names on these walls. Because to be Irish means to, be, to include everyone. You, asked, you once asked that, what would the world look like with the poor on top? Well, for God's sakes, you missed it, because we did it.
0: <laughs>
1: You'd be amazed. The names are illuminated at night. People are claiming the memorial. They're leaving items, artifacts, relics, coins, stones, gifts for the for the dead, telling them that we see them. <laughs> the day of the unveiling dad is Mexican Independence Day. And that one name that will forever stay with me is, is on this wall. It simply reads, mm-hmm. unknown Mexican killed on railroad. Today's Mexican Independence Day, but this is a day of liberation for Irish-Americans. Buffeted <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> by our economic comfort and status in our suburban homes, We left the tears behind. Names, the sunken graves, they offer us our compassion again, our humanity. These poor people are teaching us. Look at the graves, the rows and rows of babies. The 11 Slavin babies, all under the age of three. The Flannery's who lost seven kids to epidemics. Look at them. Let this Mexican Independence Day be a day of liberation. Before you died, you asked me if we were going to honor the indigenous who were pushed out of the region. And we have the Southern Ute Nation and their cultural director bless this ground, and as the Irish should, stand in solidarity with exiled and displaced people everywhere. So this is not just an Irish space. This is a Ute space. you would have said to me, Jimmy, you should quote Mother Jones in that speech. (laughs) I will. She once said, pray for the dead, but fight like hell for the living. (laughs) (laughs) We've got the pray for the dead part down. So how do we fight like hell for the living? For you, dad, it would mean speaking out for migrants everywhere, particularly those who are undocumented. For you, dad, it would have meant treating with dignity those who are unhoused and live on the streets and not blaming them for their, for their situation. To you, Dad, it meant workers who are exploited and not paid a living wage. So, Dad, all of these names lead me forward to other names and other research. Joseline Quinteros, 14. Died in the Arizona desert. Jose Ortiz Aguilón, Honduras, 51, died in the Arizona desert. Becky Moses, Nigeria, 26, died in the Mediterranean Sea en route to Europe. Maroon Adeba, two, Iraq, froze to death in a refrigerated truck while trying to reach Greece from Turkey. So the names don't end here. They go on, and our compassion grows, and our world grows. Today, Dad, we set this space free to be what it is, to challenge us, to nudge us. There's so many thanks I have to give. Kathleen Fitzsimmons is not just a friend, but a soul, soul, soul friend who brought me here because she knew I had to be here 20 years ago. She and Luke are family, the girls as well. All the students who did this hard work where are you please raise your hand these these students the sad truth is they did more than i they should be here speaking can everyone here who's a descendant of the people buried here raise your hand the descendants there's lots of them here So this is now a sacred space, La Lucha Sigue. We walk the bridge, spiral bridge, to a higher place. I want to thank so many others, Noel Hickey, all the fundraising he did, the Irish, the Irish network, all of them. Lisa and I shared an embrace here before the program, and I felt, despite our differences, a deep respect. We've grown, (laughs) and I'm grateful for the hard work that the network did. So at Ludlow, the workers were killed by bullets and kerosene. Here they died from poverty. But to the labor community, this is sacred. You see people standing around wearing Cobb City Miners Union shirts. There's a lot of the people here today from the labor community, a lot of representative, Representative Sullivan, where are you? And Hamrick, please raise your hands, yes. Another voice in this expanding community is here to, to be represented and to give a, vo- a short voice is, is the labor community as it should be. The people that died here, they struggled to form unions. This is the breadbasket of the Colorado labor movement right here. I'm so deeply honored to be able to introduce to you the executive director of the Colorado AFL-CIO, proud Irish-American who found his name on on the wall, Dennis Dougherty. Please welcome.
5: Thank you, Jim. So honored to speak on behalf of the Colorado labor community here. And I just wanna say, um, I look at Liam in this memorial. um, I see sacrifice. I see somebody who toiled under conditions unimaginable was today. Um, I see somebody who is a union member, who is a union member. In the Cloud City Miner shirts that Jim mentioned, Uh, This was actually the union here in Leadville, Cloud City Miners Union number 33, Teamsters. Um, This is where the shirt's from, Uh, but the Cloud City Union Miners was uh, the miners union here. And um, I just wanna express my gratitude to to Jim for giving this platform and say what I also see when when I look at this memorial, and I think I can say on behalf of uh, The labor union brothers and sisters here, um, we see motivation to continue fighting and to continue on behalf of of workers everything that we can do um, to to move that ball forward and make sure that they have dignity and a better life. Thank you.
4: That was Dennis Doherty with the Colorado AFL-CIO speaking at the Leadville Irish Miners Memorial. Before that was Jim Walsh, a professor at CU Denver, who uh, helped bring that uh, memorial forward. Uh, We'll end with some music, starting with John McCutcheon singing the Colorado Strike Song. And a few more appropriate tunes. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the Labor Exchange on KGNU, Boulder, Denver, and Fort Collins. If you want to find more great labor radio, go to laborradionetwork.org. Until
0: now. We will win this fight today, boys. We'll win this fight today. Shouting the battle cry of you. Rally from the coal mines, we'll battle to the end, shouting the battle cry of union. The union forever! Hurrah, boys, hurrah! Down with the baldwins and up with the law! Forward are coming, Colorado! We're coming all the way! Shouting the battle cry of union. fought them here for you, boys. We'll fight them in the end. Shouting the battle cry of union. We have fought them in the north, fought them in the south. Shouting the battle cry of union. The union forever, hurrah, boys, hurrah. Down with the bold and up with the law. Forward coming Colorado. All the way, shouting the battle cry of you. We are fighting for our rights, boys. We're fighting for our home. Have died to win the struggle, they've died to set us free, shouting the cry of you.
4: That was the Colorado Strike Song by John McCutcheon. We're going to hear a little bit of the reading of the names at the Irish Miners Memorial in Leadville this weekend, followed by some traditional Irish music. J Dunn, eight months old. Thomas Dunn.
1: Cornelius Dunn, 38 years old.
2: Hugh Dunnigan, 24 years old.
4: Millie Dutai, four months old.
3: I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1947. That was the day that the front page of the Chicago Tribune printed a banner headline, Newspaper Printers Quit. 1,600 members of the International Typographical Union Local 16 had gone out on strike against six Chicago newspapers. The key reason for the strike was wages. The union also wanted the publishers to agree to hire only union labor. The walkout was part of a wave of printer strikes in the United States and Canada. In all, union members from 43 newspapers from 27 cities went out on strike. Most newspapers were able to keep printing during the walkouts. But many had to reduce the number of editions or make changes in how the paper was produced. According to an article published by the Associated Press, some are using a photo engraving process to circumvent their composing rooms, while others continue to use the normal methods. The Chicago strike wore on for 22 months. The strike also became an important labor struggle after the passage of the Taft-Hartley legislation. The legislation, approved by Congress earlier that year over President Harry Truman's veto, restricted the rights of labor unions, including outlawing the closed shop. Since the typographical unions were some of the oldest trade unions in the country, the strike became an important battleground over how Taft-Hartley would be interpreted. The American Newspaper Publishers Association hoped that Taft-Hartley could be a tool in smashing the strike. The courts sided with the publishers and demanded the union drop their demand for a closed shop. In the end, the union did win a $10 raise, a little more than two-thirds the amount they asked for during the strike. For more information, go to LaborHistoryIn2.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at LaborHistoryIn2.
2: That's it for this week's edition of Labor History Today. You can subscribe to LHT on your favorite podcast app. Even better, if you like what you hear, and we sure hope you do, like it in your podcast app, pass it along, and leave a review. That really helps folks to find the show. Labor History in Two is a partnership between the Illinois Labor History Society and the Rick Smith Show, a labor-themed radio show out of Pennsylvania. Very special thanks this week to the Labor Exchange Radio Show, Colorado's only labor-focused radio show on KGNU Community Radio, 88.5 FM, 1390 AM, featuring interviews about current challenges facing workers. That airs Mondays at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. And like Labor History Today, the Labor Exchange is part of the Labor Radio Podcast Network laborradionetwork.org. Our music today was the Colorado Strike Song sung by John McCutcheon, and that's a Russian version you're hearing now. Labor History Today is produced by the Labor Heritage Foundation and the Cal Initiative for Labor and the Working Poor at Georgetown University you can keep up with all the latest labor arts news, subscribe to the Labor Heritage Foundation's free weekly newsletter at laborheritage.org. The Labor History Today team includes Ben Blake, Patrick Dixon, Leon Fink, Sherry Lincoln, Joe McCartan, Evan Papp, Jessica Pozak, and Alan Weirdak. For Labor History Today, this has been Chris Garlock. Thanks so much for listening. Keep making history, and see you next time.